What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Why They're Dope podcast. This week on our inaugural episode, episode one. Yeah, you heard it right. This is the first episode of the Why They're Dope podcast, and we have a very, very special guest on here to kick things off. Our guest today is Michael Mikeski, a.k.a. Mike Steezy Huang, the man, the myth, the legend. Let me tell you a little bit about this guy. So Michael is the founder and managing director at the Seattle-based creative agency, Millie. And if you didn't know, Millie is an award-winning creative agency that specializes in strategy, social media, and top-tier content creation. We're talking about some of the biggest brands in the game. Amazon's, Red Bull, we're talking Dairy Gold's, the Space Needle, the University of Washington. Come on, let's go. They're even making documentaries and winning Addies. Yes, you heard that. They're winning awards for making some of the most fire content in the game. Our guest, Mike, is a B-boy to his core and will top rock on any haters out here talking any mess in these streets. So without further ado, let's get into it, y'all. Hit the intro music. You are a founder, a managing director, a creative, a strategist, marketer, b-boy, a mentor, you're a DJ, and I'm sure you wear 20 other hats on top of that. You know, you have a hat over here. You're an industrial engineer at some point. You're probably an architecture designer too. Who knows? But when people ask you, like, how do you describe yourself and how do you describe what it is that you do? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it just depends on the context, of course, right? Context is everything. Like, who's asking? In general, like, I see myself mostly as a strategist. It's like the best way of averaging all of the things together. And even that word's not super clear. And a lot of people don't know about it. Like, my parents, my mom doesn't really know what a strategist is, right? So, usually that allows me to then lead into a bigger conversation about what that is. In certain conversations, I'm an entrepreneur right? That's what I'm doing. Like, you can look at my track record from starting the UW Hip Hop Club all the way to starting my own agency. I've been a creator. Like, I, I, I didn't just break dance. I started my own dance events. I didn't just get involved in the hip hop community. I started a community. I didn't just, you know, get into advertising. I started my own agency. So in a lot of ways, like a big part of like what makes me different from anything else, anyone else in my field or fields is that I'm like a, I'm a serial entrepreneur in a lot of ways, right? But what makes me good at that is because I think I have a strong sense for strategy, right? Like I can put together the big picture behind things and I can piece together like a lot of resources and people and community to leverage community and like my network to make things a reality. And so some other people, and depending on who you talk to, would describe that as a producer, right? In the music world, it doesn't make sense as much. But like from a larger perspective, like I'm a producer. I'm a great executive producer. I know how to bring all the people together, all the pieces together. I'm a DJ coward, right? Like I don't really make the music. I just bring all the people into the place, right? Sometimes if people know that, I'll, t- I'll literally be like, yeah, I'm kind of just like a DJ Khaled of like another one. my worlds, you know, and then you get it, right? Or yeah, if I'm talking to professionals, I'm like, I'm a strategist. And then if I'm talking to like my mom, I'm just like, 
oh, I'm just a, I'm a marketing guy. <laughs> like, we'll get it, you know? Uh, I mean, that's, that's a dope answer, though, you know? Because, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's, it's hard to be so many things and have so many experiences and to have one simple, like, distilled answer. But, I mean, you're just, you're just such, such an interesting person because you've done so many things, but you actually are able to kind of tie it all together. Thinking of the big picture, right, looking back on some of the earlier parts of your life, one of the pillars seems to be based around organizing b-boy and dance events, right? How did your experiences shape who you are and, and where you are now, like as a chief and as a founder of an actual agency? Like how did those earlier dance events like help get you to this point? Yeah, it's, it's community, right? Like what you were just kind of describing from the last question even, which is like you're alluding to like a through line because I approach all of these different things that I do in a certain way. It's really a community. And like, if I could use the phrase like a community organizer or a community without it having the connotations of it, right? Because there's a- Obama energy. Right. But but that's like what I am really. Like even that's the way I approach advertising work or marketing work or when I consult or if I get into any sort of project is like, you know, using a community lens through everything I do. And I learned that from breaking, you know, and I learned that really early that this was a superpower that I was like cultivating because when I got to college and then I started the UW hip hop club, it wasn't because I had some sort of amazing vision about how I wanted to create this club and bring all these people together. It was just me like in my dorm, like drinking a 40 with my dorm mates and being like, I want to join any of these silly clubs. I don't want to join Taiwanese student association. No, no lock to them. I just wasn't interested in like, the way these were presenting, you know, just one aspect of who I was was not exciting to me. And so I was like, well, why isn't there a hip hop club on a campus of thousand kids? Like that seems weird. And there was, yeah, shout out to, to show, I think it was called back in the day, student hip hop organization in Washington, Melly, Darby and Benito and all them. But before that, there was like urban arts, which was Tim Uomoto. It was mostly breaking, but they all died with these founders so i was like well what if we just create one that is like the the end all u-dub hip-hop club right and so it was just out of like that of like i wanted to like solve a problem for myself and then i saw an opportunity to solve maybe a problem for other people and it worked out right it became a great club and it's still thriving today like yeah like more than 10 years later so my point there is that like from there, everything I did was informed by community. Like organizing b-boy events was like, I want to break, but I don't want all the events being in like community centers or gyms. Throw a dope competition, you know, in a dope venue with my style of what I would expect from a production. It's like, again, something I wanted, but that's something I also thought I could give to others and share with others. And then I realized from doing these things over and over again, iteratively, is that the other people made my vision better and better and better and like solve problems for more people and then made my life better and made me learn about things I didn't know I liked. And from there, like what I realized was like, holy crap, there's this whole like formula of like working with other people and like doing things that you like, but also in a way that that serves like a larger group of people or other people that you think, you know, and this is a very one-on-one thing, but carrying that into every other aspect of my work all the way through working in big advertising in New York City to and doing social media work, uh, which is all very community-based, right? And then now starting my own agency and thinking about 
all of that from my hiring practices to the way I approach projects, whether it's with a nonprofit or whether it's with a Fortune 500, you know, all of that, I bring that community lens through. And so breaking really taught me that because breaking gave me like this, like special exclusive membership to this worldwide club. Right. And I got to travel the world and everywhere I went, I had friends because of breaking. And so that's what it taught me. It was the most valuable thing I could ever have. And it's still to this day is, is giving me, it's like a gift that doesn't stop giving. So that's dope, man. See, this is where I drop a, a sound effect. I drop a couple air horns on top of this. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, and that's one of the things that I, I feel like a lot of people have an opportunity to do something not similar, but to take their experiences from like something creative or something artistic or, and translate that to the other areas of their lives, right? To help them level up or to like guide them on their career path. But it's like, it's a really difficult thing to do. And I, and not a lot of people have been able to translate those skills and those experiences into like influence what it is that they're doing today. I just think that it's dope that you found that through line to like that, to help shape, you know, your future where you're at now. Question though, knowing that you have a community approach and that you're basing this stuff, a lot of things that you've previously done. Did you ever like encounter friction, like in standard industries that maybe didn't operate in that, that community approach? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to talk about this stuff in like these sound bites and make it sound really like kind of smooth and easy, but yeah, all of it, all of it had plenty of adversity and opposition. I mean, still to this day, I struggle with it. I try not to focus on the things that, that I don't have or things that aren't working, but you know, the truth be told, like there's probably a big reason why Millie, my company, isn't as big as it could be is because I taken a path of a little bit more resistance, you know, like I've largely rejected a lot of and I've tried this stuff, but a lot of the, there's a lot of advice out there that's all about like optimizing, maximizing, 10xing, hustle, you know, kind of hacking your way to the top and making things really, really as easy as possible, working less, four hour work week, all this kind of stuff out there. And I'm not knocking any of that. But I think there's also a whole world of people that like to do work and want to do work that they like and don't necessarily need to just get rich quickly, but like are interested in maybe trying to push things in a different direction. I'm really lucky that I've had great mentors and I've learned a lot of things along the way that have taught me that there's a whole narrative and storyline around working for a little change rather than just doing it the, the easiest way, right? And for me, it's like, I don't know, I'm still figuring out, but I think maybe it's a little bit of my uh, UW American ethnic study classes in me, Connie So's and stuff. Yeah, but it's like, shout out be, yeah, shout out to, to Chid and all that. It's like having having a little bit of that activist in you, you know, and having a little bit of like willingness to like push against the the powers that be and rebel a little bit and go against the grain. Without friction, there isn't change, right? Right. right. So being someone that's a leader that's willing to cause friction to like enable that change is like something that's a strength for you, right? And that's something I think a lot of people that know you probably look up to you for, or like they look to you for, uh, for strength and guidance in those areas. As long as I've known you, you've had no issues pushing back on things that I just assumed would be okay, right? And then also advocating for yourself and others is something you have no issue doing, which I don't want to say it's not normal, but it's not as commonplace as it should be. So you're in some ways like you're, you know, you're a shiny example for, for how people should kind of be approaching things. So 
as someone that like runs an agency, someone that's like, you know, managing director of strategy and whatnot, and that's leading the charge, one of the goals of your agency is to like shape and guide the future of brand content and marketing to be more diverse, be more inclusive, and also be culturally engaging, right? And, you know, and that approach to me is like, it seems like common sense. It seems like the thing that I would obviously want to see. But, you know, again, like that through line is like there's some friction in that approach sometimes. My question for you in regards to like the the uh, the approach that your agency has to like creating content and strategizing, getting things out there is like, what are like some things that you've done to like to enable that approach? Like, what are some things that you've done to like to pitch ways that things can be done differently? And like, what are some successes that you've had? Right. And, and what are some like friction points that you've had and that you had to work through? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking that question. I think it's an important thing to talk about. Like I was speaking to earlier in my first answer, you know, I think there's this kind of duality of how our society, especially here in the Western side of things, at least, uh, we have this kind of fetish, uh, fetishization of, of both the, the kind of the, the struggle, you know, the stumble to success, the adversity, you know, like the ESPN 30 for 30s, the documentary, true crime, whatever, all that stuff, like going through like the deep, the, the nitty gritty of seeing the details, the untold stories, that kind of thing. And we glorify these friction points, right? And the amount of perseverance or the kind of the people who spoke against the consensus, right? And was able to win. And I think there's that obsession, but then there's also this other side where people are really obsessed with, you know, how to get things done how to cut through the work and to, and to like get to a goal as quickly and efficiently and almost recklessly as possible, all in the name of just like, you know, the least amount of friction, the least amount of tension doing so. And I think what's missed in all of that binary, you know, is like, no matter what, there's always somebody laying those tracks down before. And inevitably when you lay down tracks, when you blaze trails when you take the beat unbeaten path you run up against friction you know what i mean and some of that friction is cultural some of that friction is just logistics you know what i mean because it just hasn't been done before and i think the thing that i want to give the most credit to is just being in a time where we are seeing a massive amount of leverage being afforded to us as individuals via technology, via the internet, via social media, to be able to access information, to tell stories more clearly, more transparently, more honestly, and to go and really create and do more and learn more on our own rather than have this stuff kind of fed to us. And so to answer your question more directly, I think my job as a strategist is not only just solving problems or coming up with like an answer, right? Like if you think about it, like if I'm dealing with an answer around advertising or marketing, you know, I could always just go like, well, you just need to spend a million dollars running ads with, you know, clickbaity content. That's an answer that you can use every time, right? Yeah. Just put sexy ladies on your Instagram. Just put, you know what I mean? Free this, free that. But, but because I think you get into the, the level of work that I do, you realize that, you know, or you don't realize the truth of the matter is, is people are expecting a lot more sophistication. They're expecting uh, to do things in a lot more nuanced ways. And really, because that is how you do sustainable and responsible work, right? Whether it's marketing, whether it's pushing a cause, 
whether it's running a political campaign, it doesn't matter what it is, is that there is still a level of morality, responsibility, and truth that you need to bring to everything you do. So for me, it's like this. You're going to always have friction in your life, no matter what you do, right? Like whether you join a company and decide to play the inside ball game and try to kiss somebody's butt or ass, whatever, and try to, you know, get people to like you and you work your way up the ladder, that's going to be its own set of friction. Or you can be like me, which is kind of idiotic in some ways, but you go and do your own thing and you fight everyone trying to do it, right? But it's still friction and you can just choose one. And I chose the latter for now um, because I felt like, well, like, do I want to wake up and be worried about getting to work on time because somebody might get mad at me? Or do I want to wake up and worry about getting to work on time because I feel like I'm going to let myself down and the people that I care about down? They're both the same stress, but they're very different, right? It's like good fat bad fats or something, you know? So, so to me, it's like, well, I have a choice. I'm never going to be able to choose not to have some friction and stress in life. I'll choose one that at least I have agency around. And that being said, when it comes to the work with the clients and like with the organizations, you know, what I'm realizing, especially right now, as the, the overall society and the way we look at even the things we buy or the causes we subscribe to is that, People are looking into not just what it is and what, you know, it does for them, but who's behind it, right? And what are they like? And what's their story? And was this all put together the right way? And where's the money coming from? All these things, which people that are in the boomer world will mostly complain about, are important questions that were never really asked at exhaust before. And that's a great thing to me. And you now see people working up their ways in businesses and organizations that are from the millennial and Gen Z generation. And we care about these things and purpose and self-fulfillment and the reason behind things and meaning and mission is all becoming a much more baked in part of the process and baked in pieces. So even from a very basic like trends and business strategy standpoint, like it is important to bring this level of community rooted grassroots, but it's really not like that's like a stigma. I think to some people, it's not grassroots. It's just honesty, right? And it's just transparency. This type of thinking is now being proliferated throughout this world and through all the upper echelons of brand and marketing and business work, right? Because we're realizing that not only from a consumer standpoint, this is what people want, but, but from just like a morality standpoint, this is where society is starting to go. We're just getting better of each other. And that's great. And so me as a marketer and Millie as an organization, we've been a part of this, you know, I mean, you can't be a marketer and not do this work, right? Because when you're brought a challenge to solve that problem, you already have to think about how do you go against the grain, whether that's beating back a competitor whether that's changing a perception or whether that's entering the minds of people, you know, for the first time, right? Like introducing your brand or your cause or your information and, and winning their, their hearts and their minds, right? That is all friction. And so from a very basic human standpoint, a strategist is thinking about ways to fight that battle, right? And to win attention and to win sentiment. And so, that's just a part of the job. And that's a part of the way I think. 
into question, into attack problems. But the goal there isn't to go and say, "Mm, I don't know if I believe that or buy that, or like, hmm, I don't know if I should wear a mask when everyone else is, not to be just a contrarian. But the idea is to be like, let's look more into it and let's look at what the data shows or let's look at what really is going on or let's try to understand why people don't like this or do like this so much. Is it really that they like it or is it because they're being fed that? You know, so it's it's less about friction. It's more about dismantling, reverse engineering and understanding things better, which all goes back to like my DNA as a millennial. All goes back to the whole idea of like, transparency and radical radical honesty with things and so to me it's like all the successes and and the challenges like to me like a lot of the the problems we have had is is not every have everybody on the same page as that right like it's never the idea or the campaign or the project it's sometimes just like people aren't bought into that right like you talk to some people and they're just like look i don't want to have to go through all this i just want to go boom like let's make money right and so I, I try to find that out early in my relationships and say, hey, maybe we're not the best fit because I go about these things this certain way. And that's been really helpful, right? It sounds sucky because you're saying no, but it's allowed me to define where I want to work, how I want to work, and therefore become really good at finding those great partners, clients, relationships in general, and not be bogged down or burdened by the ones that don't work, Right. So that's just all part of the game. And then, you know, the success to me is like, yeah, when it all works together and clicks together and everyone feels really good about it and when everyone's like bought into the idea, Um, because to me, it's like it's not really whether an idea or tactic or strategy is the right one. It's whether people, again, community oriented, whether the people are all bought in and we're all committed and we're saying, yes, we're going to win. We're going to do it this way and let's all do it together. You know what I mean? Because I more believe in like, everyone's really dope. You know what I mean? Everyone's got brilliance in them somewhere, you know? So it's just about applying that brilliance. It's not about the idea. It's about the people behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what's funny is uh, what you're saying about everyone's dope, 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 dope. Let's go, man. That's why this is the Why They're Dope podcast, baby. Why dope. It's because It's because everyone does have that brilliance inside of them, right? But it's But it's also like, how do you extract that, right? How do you pull that out? How do you find areas in your life where you're an expert at and how do you like, how do you port that, that expertise and that skill and that like confidence into other areas of your life? And like, you know, that's why I'm happy I'm talking to you because you're an expert in so many different areas. And, you know, I don't want to make you feel comfortable. I just, it's just obvious that you are right and hearing you speak. This entire conversation is the example of as, as why you're dope, man. It's because uh, you, you bring this approach and you also explain that approach. And maybe there's ways that folks can like take some of this comfort with friction or at least, you know, the learned comfort with friction to like shape other areas of how they approach life and then also how they want to shape their life. You know what I mean? <laughs> this next question I have is actually, it's similar, but a little bit different, but it's like, it, it's a question about perspective, right? Everything you've done in your past has been the through line that's helped you find success. It takes a while to find comfort in that space. It takes a while to be find comfort in yourself and like the direction and the way you try to approach things, you know? So looking back, What's one piece of advice you would drop on yourself? Like if you could like go back in time and send yourself like a AOL instant message. This question is so funny to me because I've been asked it a few times and I always just have this vision of, of me like coming through a portal. Like while I'm like, my younger me is like pooping on a toilet. And, it's just like, <laughs> and you're just like, whoa. And then of course, like younger me talking to older me, I'm probably like, I'm not going to take any of that advice because... I'm younger, me. But 
I like that you use AOL because that would be also funny because I would get like a, a chat message and I'd get freaked out and think someone's hacking me or playing a hoax. You know, I don't know. Because the thing about your younger self is that like a lot of times your younger self doesn't really listen to advice, especially from yourself, right? Because you're already doing that every day. You're listening to whatever you're ruminating on or whatever you're insecure about. I would probably have said, don't be, don't worry. Like all the things that you don't like or doubt about yourself are ultimately going to become great, great tools, you know, and don't spend so much time questioning them, questioning your own decisions, questioning who you are, you know, where you're from, all those things that run through your mind when you're at your age that you are. And, and even though you do, and even though you will just remember what I'm saying to you is that all this stuff will become part of your, your unique point of view and your set of strengths and your competitive advantage in all that you do uh, in the future. And these are things that I still say to myself today, right? Like I've tried to remind myself today. And I think I would love to get myself uh, a head start on that as much as possible, you know, because it's powerful stuff. And I think the biggest obstacle that I've always faced as, as a, a young person of color growing up in not the most privileged way, but also not the most oppressed is just struggling with like self-hatred insecurities, you know, being too hard on myself. Right. Like that's the kind of the immigrant son of immigrant experience. Right. You know, feeling like you're letting other people down all the time that, or, or, or even just being insecure about what other people are thinking about you when most of the time they're not even thinking about you at all because they're thinking about their own shit. Right. So, so just letting go of a lot of that self-doubt or trying to at least have some sort of self-positive self-talk that you can counteract that with is my probably my the biggest thing I would try to gift to myself if I could. And, and it's something that I try to gift to other people that I get to mentor, I have the honor and privilege to mentor nowadays. That's dope. I mean, honestly, I would say that's uh, the answer spot on, right? It's, it's, it's hard to have that perspective, of, especially when you're younger. It's like, the things that make you different today are the things that are going to be your strengths tomorrow. I, I wish I had people yelling that at me every single day because I would have, you know, if you could like walk in that strength of like knowing the individuality is what's going to make you stand out and be your, your superpower in the future. You, you just touched on the fact that you mentor folks, so you kind of help them to try to understand that sentiment earlier on. Right. Right. That's powerful stuff, you know? And it's important about where it comes from because truth be told, there, there probably were people saying this to us, maybe some family members or something, or maybe a counselor, right? But like when it comes from those people and you're a young person, you're super cynical, like it, it doesn't hit the same way if it's coming from somebody that has no skin in the game in the way of like telling you that you need to hear that, right? right? It's not their job. It's not their role in life to tell you that. If it's like your peer or it's you just telling you, right? Like you know, it's going to be different. And so I think it's so important to find mentors and have people that don't have any real like interest in saying that to you. And you going, oh, oh, okay. Like, shoot, like I should believe it. Like when your mom says it to you, you're like, thanks mom. You're being, being a mom, you know, appreciate that. You know, you say it every day. You love me. Of course you love me. You have to love me. 
your like the state, the, your federally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you're required by law, you're required love by law. to be my supporter. Right. I got you. Right. <laughs> so it's important to find mentors. It's important to have that voice somewhere. You know, it doesn't have to be this uh, future figment of yourself. It could be a good mentor. And I, that's that's the other lesson I always tell people, like, find people that you really look up to and that um, you connect with. This is a perfect thing you're kind of like alluding towards, right? Mentorship, right? And like, uh, and affirmations from folks that have, uh, uh, they're not looking for something from you, right? It's just, it's, they see you as you are and they want to like give you that reflection that you can't see. This is actually maybe a piece of tactical advice that you could maybe give to the people a little bit. It's like in terms of like mentorship, if there are folks that are out here that are listening, they're loving what you're saying, and they actually want to find some mentors like you do you have any advice for how folks could like maybe find mentorship in some of these, uh, some of these spaces or just like some of the areas that they're like looking to grow in? Yeah. I mean, a, that's a huge piece of advice I'd give anyone, whether you're trying to be an entrepreneur or trying to be a creative or just trying to get by in life. Right. Obviously if you have like certain issues, remember, like don't confuse mentor with a mental health counselor, right? Get, we're in a stage in society where we can talk about this better. So I'm glad get a therapist if you can, if you need those things. But I, when you're talking about a mentor, I like to see a mentorship as a really growing relationship because, first of all, you need to remember this. A mentor is there to also receive as much value in mentoring you as they are, you know what I mean, as you are benefiting from their advice. It's not a one-way street. And so anytime you get the vibe that that's not, that's not the energy, then that's not a good person to be your mentor, right? A good mentor is going to be someone that you can really develop an actual reciprocal relationship with. There's something you can bring in value. And that could be as simple as just helping them feel better about themselves, if we're going to be completely honest. Because a lot of people that are further along in their careers or older than you, they're still just people and they still need their egos stroked and they still need validation and they still need to feel, you know, like they have something to give, you know? And being in service to other people and giving back and connecting with people and helping people and tapping into that altruistic element of our humanity. It's just so healthy for people. So find people that aren't narcissists, but that, that are willing to help and willing to talk to you because that is beneficial to them and that they have that generosity in them because that's just, it's just like finding like a romantic partner. That's just one of the criteria. That being said, my advice for finding a mentor is just hit people up. Like I said, most people want to talk about themselves, especially when they're older and they're at home and they're, Feeling a little disconnected from the youths, you know, like feel it. I feel it. They want they want to talk to you, most of them, right? So if you come to them on LinkedIn or you find somebody like a few people, just go and you know reach out to a few people you really look up to. You know, the the Instagram DM is a powerful tool right now. There's so many stories of of artists and people getting jobs through that because they just won't. Don't be annoying. Just hit them up and be honest and be like, hey, I really love what you're doing. I know I'm nobody, but I'd love to learn from you. Could you spare some time? I promise I'll bring some great questions. I'll, I'll, I'll work around your schedule. What do you say? Can I buy a virtual coffee? Whatever. Like the, there are plenty of people that will respond to that. And, and, and I respond to that. And I've had great people reach out to me and be like, hey, Mike, I'm not looking for a job. I just want to like learn from you. You seem great. Can we talk? And I'm, most of the time I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. 
you know, and, and even I'm doing that. Like I just reached out to somebody that has been killing it, who's much older than me and is an executive creative director in the advertising world. And I've been seeing stuff he's done. And so I sent him an email. I sent him a DM, an Instagram DM, you know, you know, after I like hit fire emoji, do a fun bunch of his stuff. And he finally like responded and said, thanks, bro. You know, and I was like, hey, man, do you have time? I would love to connect, you know, prayer hands emoji. And, and, and he gave me his email address. And so I'm doing that still as a mentor to a lot. There's a lot of people that I mentor. I'm still looking for mentors. And it's just like, that's just how it goes. So yeah, don't be afraid. And just realize that like, you don't be scared of bothering people because there's a lot of people that want to talk to you. You know, also just don't be annoying. Just be like honest and real and don't try to like, don't try to like oversell or try to act like you're cooler than you are, you know? Just be honest and, and, and ask for help. Like, that's what you're doing. All right, man. Uh, rapid fire questions. We're going to get into this real quick. I don't think you have any in front of you. Doritos, right? Nacho cheese or Cool Ranch? Cool Ranch. Goldfish or turtles? Uh, turtles as an animal. If we're talking about animals, turtles all the way. All right. Who's, who's the better Lil? Lil John, Lil Wayne? Uh, Lil John. Yeah! Lil Uzi Vert or Lil Yachty? Yeah, I have to just give, I have to just say not Lil Uzi Vert because of the diamond in his forehead thing. So, Yachty. All right. Lil Hands or Lil Dicky? <laughs> Lil Dicky. There you go. All right. Who's the better artist, uh, Ja Rule or Young Buck? <laughs> ja Rule, way more iconic. Holla, holla. It's made to be bad. All right. Quick, quick one. Uh, steak or ribs? Steak. Biden or Bernie? Bernie. AOC or OPP? AOC. There you go. I mean, that's that's all I had, man. It's a little quick rapid fire. You know, maybe we can use it. Maybe we won't. We'll see. Anyways, yeah, I think it's a perfect time to kind of wrap up the podcast. I think that, Mike, you were the perfect guest to have on here for the first time, you know, as someone that's like an expert in your field, expert in your space, and also as a low-key mentor for someone that's trying to start up a podcast, a.k.a. me. I really appreciate all the knowledge bombs you were willing to drop on me and all the knowledge you were willing to share with the people out here. I want to ask you a question, man. Where can the people find you online? Where can they find your message and where can they connect with you? Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. Shout out to you. I'm really always happy to support Mr. Prime and all of his endeavors uh, ever since sneaking into 18 and up clubs with you back in the college days. So That's the only way to do it. Bring, bring some Capri Suns in the club. Um, but uh, yeah, man, uh, for, for us and for my work, you know, you can find my agency, Millie, M-I-L-L-I on our website, which is Millie.agency or on socials everywhere at Millie Agency. Again, M-I-L-L-I-A-G-E-N-C-Y. My personals are Mike Steezy everywhere. Um, That's M-I-K-E-S-T-E-E-Z-I-E. Yeah, stay tuned. We're we're doing some really fun stuff this year. We're going to be launching, we're designing and relaunching our whole website. We're actually going to change a little bit about how we're talking about what we're, the work we do, not just being social or creative content, but also social impact. So that's kind of bringing forward a lot of the things I was talking about. So this year, well, there'll be a new website. We also have some exciting news about some awards we've won this year. So a uh, big year for us. So stay in touch and connect. And we're always willing to connect with anyone in the creative industry or who is an influencer or a content creator. So definitely reach out to us or me personally. Dope, man. No, man, I appreciate it. I'll make sure I'll make sure to put all the information in the show notes as well. So yeah, this is this is your boy David Prime Monroe. And uh, we're signing off. My first guest on the podcast, my man Michael over here. 
And uh, thanks for everyone for joining listening. And, uh, you know, this is why they're dope. Let's go.